I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17-yard line, look out again. Carr, intercepted. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. Been a couple weeks, man. How have you been? It's been a little while. I know. Enjoying uh, podcaster off-season. But, um, yeah, excited. It's an exciting time. We've got Super Bowl coming up. Uh, NBA trade line just coming to an end. Um, it, always really enjoy this this time of year. Um, wish we had a, a team to root for in the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. But, um, you know. Uh, there's always next year, as they say. Hey, man, I actually am rooting the hell out of the Eagles to win this. One, because I don't want the Chiefs to win. Two, Kaiser White, one of our favorites, is playing in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I saw an article came out earlier today uh, where they were talking about how Kaiser White wanted to stay. and He wasn't really offered a contract chance to come back. Uh, he wanted to finish his career with the Chargers. But, man, I am stoked to see Kaiser White go and have an opportunity to get a ring that's going to be huge yeah he and th- yeah that's a, a big loss from last year um there's it, not a whole not a lot of negative things you could say about the guy you know where's where's his heart on his sleeve comes in at each and every day looking to get better he absolutely deserved every cent that he got this offseason um just a, a bummer that he's not done in that powder blue but um happy for him that he, he gets a shot at a ring which is you know every football player's dream yeah, I'm stoked for the guy. I can't wait to see when he's up coming of it. Let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Who? We'll just get into it. Who, who are you taking right now? I, I mean, if I got to put money, uh, I, I, I like the Eagles to win just because you can't really root for a division rival. I just don't know at, at this point in his career um, if you, you're going to put money down. I just don't know how you put that money against Patrick Mahomes. The guy is just so incredibly gifted. Um, there's a lot of talk that, oh, he lost Tyreek Hill. He's not going to be the same. Still led the number one scoring offense in the entire NFL, about 29 points per game. Um, this is going to be a firefight. I, I I see at least each team at least scoring four touchdowns. Um, but on the other side, the Eagles defense is absolutely uh, really good at, at creating Filthy. pressure getting after quarterbacks. I, I think the difference here is, is the Eagles didn't really face a real threat at, at the quarterback position um, the entire playoffs. Um, and not taking anything against them, Patrick Mahomes is, is a different breed. But this is going to be that strength on uh, strength against strength matchup. You got Patrick Mahomes who can wiggle out of pressure, is always creating. He has Travis Kelsey at the number one mismatch in the NFL right now, going up against a pass rush that is one of four teams in the NFL, is NFL's history that's recorded at least 70 um, sacks. 
They the record is 72. Eagles are sitting at 70. Just three sacks to to take that record, um, and they're absolutely going to be after Patrick Mahomes. But we we've seen him weasel his way out of of uh, congested pockets all the time his entire career. So I just think the Chiefs at this point with Patrick Mahomes on their helm just have a little more experience. They're a little more, I, I think, uh, ready for this moment. And I think they were tested a little more than the the Eagles were this postseason. You know, it's crazy that they're so good at getting to the quarterback. Brandon Graham is what, like 34? He's going to be 35 in April. So this is an old man who just really brought like his career tenfold back to to what it was in his younger years. He was never actually even like one of the top pass rushers in the NFL. For a pass rusher to be doing it at that age and helping to lead this group, like that's insane. Also, another charger, Linval Joseph, is is mm. on the uh, Eagles as well, rooting for him as well. Fletcher Cox, that's another old guy, right? This team, like, it's insane how good that they've been, especially on the interior of that defensive line. Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, and Linval Joseph. It made like there was no hope for the 49ers to win that game because they just there was no chance they were going to be able to run that ball. I mean, Jordan Davis and Linval Joseph are both over, you know, 340, 350 pounds. That's insane. You got uh Josh Sweat, kind of a young guy who's coming into his own. Uh running with him is Robert Quinn, another old pass rusher. Um yeah. He, they're they're really good at getting after the quarterback, and I'm excited to see Mahomes run for his life. He's going to be running. I mean, let's see. One, two, three, four guys in double-digit sacks. You've got Fletcher Cox also there with seven. Um, eight, nine, about 12 guys. 15 total guys on that defense who've recorded at least a sack this year. Um, and that's not even talking about Jordan Davis, who we thought was going to have a, a big role in, on this team. Uh, the Eagles are good. They're not going away anytime soon. They're going to be a very good team here for a long time. Um, I just think it, it goes back to that old adage, you, you need to learn how to lose before you can win. And I just think at Patrick Mahomes' third Super Bowl appearance, I, I, I think he's going to pull this out. I think we're going to see that leo magic that we saw a couple years ago when he was like completely horizontal and just chucking it downfield um i think you're going to see some magical plays from Mahomes, but eagles are going to keep it interesting for sure i, I think this is going to be a f fantastic game i mean and let's not discredit the chiefs offensive line like if there's an offensive line in the nfl that's able to kind of keep up with this pass rush orlando brown joe thuny creed humphrey trey smith those four guys are really really good football players so and then you take into account that they've got Travis Kelsey, who's really a really good two-way. He can beat you through the air. He can get after you on the ground. Um, you know, they 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 actually match up really well, and I think that's what's going to make this fun for sure. Uh, one of the things I was actually looking at from the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl in 2020 to this year, I, it's a completely different offense. You know, the only guys that are – Holdovers from the last Super Bowl is Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andrew Wiley. Uh, and the rest of the team is completely different. Uh, one more player, um, McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman's on IR, so he's not even going to be playing this game. So Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus, like they completely overturned the entire offensive side of the ball. Like almost nobody 
from that previous Super Bowl teams on this team. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a, a, such an interesting game. I, I think um, another thing to take in consideration, and I didn't look too in you know too in depth in this, but um, a, a couple three three Eagles offensive linemen popped up on that injury report. Landon Dickerson has been a full participant this week, but you do have Lane Johnson and Cam Jurgens who are, are crucial to the Eagles' success. Um, they're both popping up limited, so it'll be interesting to see what percentage those guys are at because the, the Chiefs don't have a, a lights-out defense, but you can't count they're guys out. At all. It's, I totally get that, yeah. And, and I mean, Frank You're Clark freezing is- a little bit, so I'm going to take it over a little right. bit and talk because uh, okay. you're, you're kind of going in and out. Um, one of my thoughts is Jalen Hurts up for the task. Like, the last time he played in a really, really big game like this, uh, in college, he got pulled for Tua Tagovailoa. He's he's not been shy to go and play the g- big game, right? But like national championship, uh, Super Bowl, you know how crazy would it be to see Gardner Minshew get uh, take over at halftime and win the game? That'd be crazy. Um, and I really like you know a lot of the pieces that have on on offense, especially at the skill position. Uh, AJ Brown, that trade was mon- monumental to their success over the offseason last year. Uh, Devontae Smith in his second year playing lights out, really, really good football player only in his second year. Uh, Quez Watkins, Dallas Goddard is probably like a top five tight end today. Um, I, I really, really like the Eagles' ability to hurt you. Jalen Hurts does it with his legs. He's able to keep the, the, the chains moving, uh, extend plays quite a bit. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch because on paper, the Eagles are so much better defensively, but on, you know, the flip side of that, the chiefs have a lot of weapons and it kind of goes back to the other side as well. So the, the Eagles skill position players are also really, really good. And I don't necessarily know if the chiefs D is good. Don't get me wrong. Trent McDuffie, Legarius Sneed, uh, Justin Reed and Juan Thorhill make a, a pretty decent um, uh, four quadruple, whatever you want to call them. But then you got Josh Williams and Jalen Watson kind of backing them up, kind of unknown guys that nobody really knows much about. Um, a lot of rookies, Trent McDuffie's a starter. George Karloftis is a starter. Uh, the young players like Snead, like Bolton, like Willie Gay. Um, it's it's going to be a fun matchup to watch, but this is a very, very young defense for the Chiefs. I'm interested to see, you know, how does that, affect their ability to play defense and, you know, slow down this really high powered Eagles offense. Yeah. You're going to have to get after Jalen hurts, you know, a a young quarterback who you you saw in college, wasn't living up to the expectation of that big game hype. Um, The NFL, the super bowl, it's a different type of atmosphere. It's a different type of experience. Um, Now the, the Eagles have been, incredible when Jalen Hurts has been 100% healthy and and ready to go. They, they've lost one game with Jalen Hurts starting uh, this season. That includes the playoffs. Um, I think something also to take in consideration is in a, a contested game, especially in the Super Bowl, it comes down to those heroics from that quarterback position. Jalen Hurts has orchestrated two game-winning drives this season. Patrick Mahomes seems like he does it um, on, on a 
at least three, four times every year. He he had four game winning drives this season. Um, that's not really including the the playoffs. Um, but I, I think it's going to come down to a two minute drill. And if that is the case, Eagles better hope it's in Jalen Hurts' hands and not Patrick Mahomes, um, because it, he's shown that he really only needs about uh, seventeen seconds to to hurt you. Yeah, he really does. Uh, he's done it to us a couple times. Let me get your final score prediction. You think that this is going to be a high-scoring game? Uh, who's going to win and what's the score going to be? And who's going to be the Super Bowl MVP? Because that's also always so important, so exciting to watch. Yeah, um, I, I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. I think each offense scores at, at four touchdowns. Um, I think the difference is going to be um, some crucial turnovers for the Chiefs. And I, I think it's going to be, let's see, 30, 35, 28 Chiefs, and they're going to give it to the quarterback, one of the best that we've ever seen play. Um, I just, I, I'm a Charger fan, right? We, we, we're, we're lit up in the Charger um, colors. But I, I, I just, I seen this guy, we, we play him two year, times a year. Uh, I just don't see um, the Eagles being able to do enough to slow that guy down. And I, I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to take this one. Who's going to be the Super Bowl MVP? I, Mahomes, um, he, he's just too incredible. I, I love Travis Kelsey, but it, it seems at this point it, it's a, it's the MVP is really just. Um, I, I love that they gave it to Cooper Cup last year. I just don't see Travis Kelsey is amazing. I just don't see him overshadowing Patrick Mahomes the same way uh, Cooper Cup did to uh, Matt Stafford last year. I want to see the Eagles win this. I think it's going to be a tight game. You know, something going to come down to a field goal. Uh, end of the game. Uh, I want to see a defensive player get um, Super Bowl MVP. I thought it was awesome when Von Miller did it. And I want to see Kaiser White pull it out. I want to see Kaiser White do something crazy, like get two interceptions, return one for a touchdown, and get like a sack and a forced fumble. He does all of those things, uh, creates some turnovers on his own. Uh, There's no way that he doesn't get Super Bowl MVP. Uh, If it's going to go to an offensive player, uh, I, I really think A.J. Brown is able to do some pretty amazing things. Uh, every year, it seems like in the Super Bowl, there's always that one play that that is just like the the helmet catch, the J, um, uh, Julian Edelman uh, bounced off and oh, ends yeah. up catching it and cradling it. The Super Bowl always brings out the best, and nobody comes down with contested catches like A.J. Brown. So if it's going to go to an offensive player – I, I don't really think that it's going to be Jalen Hurts throwing for 220 yards because he's he's not a he's not a guy who really puts up a lot of stats in terms of you know going and and uh, throwing the ball. Uh, he does some pretty amazing things with extending plays, but it's going to be uh, if I had to guess, it's going to be like AJ Brown, you know, doing a helmet catch type of scenario because every Super Bowl it happens. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. What What are you? I I don't have any plans yet. I, I'm I just got back from vacation yesterday. Uh, but what are you you going to do for for the big game? So tomorrow, I'm actually driving out to Arizona to go to the Super Bowl. Now I'm not going to the Super Bowl. Nice. <laughs> that, that would be dope. <laughs> Let me hold your horses. But uh, what I'm going to be doing is I'm driving out to Arizona tomorrow. Um, uh, on Saturday, they have like the Super Bowl experience. So I'm going to walk around. 
um, kind of the Super Bowl experience. They do a bunch of cool stuff that I didn't get to do last year because I didn't go. Uh, but I'm taking my little brother. We're going to walk around. It's supposed to be like kind of like a cool event. If you ever get a chance to like do something like that, I highly recommend you do that because you'll meet players. You'll get to see the Lombardi trophy up close. Uh, I'm thinking about putting some, I don't know, some content together and putting it on YouTube. Um, that, that might be kind of cool. And then I'm going to be driving back down on Saturday from uh, Arizona to, to my house. On Sunday, we're going to be going over to my neighbor's house across the street, kind of a cool young couple. Uh, they're having like a little party and everybody's bringing some sort of appetizer. So I make these, uh, it's going to sound gross, but it's phenomenal. So I make um, these little uh, uh, weenies, the, um, what are they called? Like pigs in uh, a blanket? Yeah. What are they called? Like Vivina? <sighs> no, no, not Vienna sausages. Those are disgusting. <laughs> Those are gross. Um, little Smokies. Okay. So you take little Smokies, you put it in a crock pot, uh, you get grape jelly. You no. put the grape jelly in the crock pot and you get um, um, brown sugar and you let it cook for like four hours. And let me tell you, bro, it is so good. I, I make this every year for Christmas. Uh, it's kind of like my Christmas dessert, but it, it's so good because uh, it gets all, I don't know. It's just, it's delicious. And it sounds gross, grape sounds jelly disgusting. and little Smokies but it's so good. Uh, And so I'm going to be making that and we're going to watch the Super Bowl cross the street. Cool. Yeah. It sounds like a fun time. That's a lot of driving, but um, if you're up for it, it sounds like a, a yeah, it's a lot of driving, but I didn't get to go last year. Um, I don't want to go to Vegas and, and have to go all the way to Vegas and Super Bowl next year. And then who knows when it's going to be back on the East coast. So it's three years back to four years, back to back on the West coast. It's going to last year was SoFi. This year's Arizona. Next year, it's going to be in, um, uh, not Oakland, uh, Vegas. Vegas. And then it's supposed to be going away for a while. It's going to go to like Minnesota. Uh, it, needs probably... to go to, it needs to go somewhere cold. Like we need to have a, a potential for a snowy Super Bowl. Um, Buffalo. I want to see a Buffalo Super Bowl. That would be so much fun. That would be fun. And I mean, that it's a, a fun, very um energetic crowd out there so that might be that'd be cool um i there's just something about football in february with the snow going a low scoring game where there's a bunch of fumbles i don't know there's something about it that that intrigues me um so would be interesting to see it get back to to that uh type of environment yeah so i don't know maybe one day i'll get to go to a super bowl <laughs> yeah, it's on the maybe, bucket list. <laughs> maybe one day we'll watch this Charger team uh, make a run because you know that that would be super interesting. I mean, exciting. That's the dream as a fan. And I mean, what are your thoughts on our new offensive coordinator? Do you think he has what it takes to turn this offense into the next level? You know, everybody. It seemed like a lot of people were tossed. Like, oh yeah, Keller Moore had like a top five offense in three or four seasons, and then there's other people that are, I don't know, they just don't like Dallas, like what it is. Yeah. But he's a winner. Like he, he had so much success with Cooper Rush at quarterback. With you know the the year that Dak Prescott got injured, and they were still winning games. They they still finished in like mid of the pack, but. I mean, in terms of like what that offense should have looked like with a backup quarterback the year he was injured, like the whole year. And up to that point, like Dak Prescott had like two 500 yard games back to back before he broke his ankle. Uh, And go ahead. I'm just 
listen to how crazy that is. Dak Prescott throwing for 500 yards with his, you know, missing throws is his, um, you know, what is it called? Not ability, but I guess lack of ability His susceptibleness to throwing interceptions. And the fact that he had that, I, I think Dak is good. He's not great. I am so excited to see uh, Moore's um, taking all of that success from Dallas and implementing here in Los Angeles with what I think is a significantly better cast of, of skill players. I do too. And the other thing you got to take into account, like he schemes his offense around the players that he has. Yes. This year, he lost almost every receiver. Remember preseason when they were talking about it only being CD Lamb? And like a bunch of these, you know, no names. No names. Right. And then what ends up happening is they have this outstanding run offense. Like they were pounding the ball. Tony Pollard went for over a thousand. Ezekiel Elliott went for over yeah. 800. And they were putting up points. They still were at the top of the league in total points this season. Number two in total points per game. Um, well, let's, I mean, Chiefs were number it was like one, number two or number four. I don't have the stats, but yeah, I think he top five for sure. Top five in everything since he's entered the league a, a, into that role. Um, I'm so excited. And he, he's saying, in, in my opinion, everything right in these years, he's not committing to any scheme. And he's very, he said it multiple times. He's going to wait for this roster to develop. He's going to wait for time to you know, talk with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen's, uh, whoever we come out, you know, enter the, the, the year with at, at tight end, talk to Justin Herbert. And he is going to, it's not going, there's going to be Dallas types. There's going to be stuff he's bringing from Dallas, but it's not, it, if it works for Dallas, it's, he's not going to just insert it um, here. Like Lombardi wanted to do with, with taking everything he, had success with in new Orleans and implementing it here when we just don't have the personnel. And so that's like the most refreshing thing about the whole um, offensive coordinator uh, revamp is that he is dead set on putting his position, his players in the best position to be successful, which I think is similar to what Staley is doing on that defensive side of the ball. It's you, re you really saw it kind of shine um, that, that second half of the year uh, couldn't really get it done in the playoffs, but I think a lot of that had, had more to do with the lack of offensive um, synergy than it did that defense just defense underperforming. I mean, you I, know, I know they want a playoff game. They want a playoff game. And here's the other thing. Like you, your job is to get to the playoffs because anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything right? can happen. Yeah. Anything can happen to the playoffs. Um, like blowing so a 31 point lead. They win games. You know, the, they, they had a, play the Eagles twice a year. They played them a third time and ended up losing. You know, like, can he get you there? He could definitely get you there. He's proven it time and time again. Um, one of the things that I think is like a knock against him, right, is his offense isn't dynamic, right? But it works, right? And that's all I really care about is does yeah. it work? He's not doing a whole lot of, like, trickery, right? Like, he'll run some jet sweeps and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, motioning guys across the formation, creating a lot of um, misdirection and stuff. He, he's not like that. He's like, he lets you know how he's going to beat you and then he beats you. And that's fine if that works, right? A lot of teams have a lot of success doing that. The Titans did it for years. You know, everybody knew exactly what was happening with uh, the Titans run game. Like they, you don't have to, 
you can beat a team telling them what you're going to do and just going out and doing it. And that's what he's proven time and time again. They've done that over and over again. And it's not like Zeke had a bad year, right? Like he still had 800 yards as he was splitting carries. They had two players go for over 1,800 yards. Yeah, and I understand that. I think that's the biggest knock uh, on Moore is that lack of explosiveness. But I wonder, I really wonder how much that is, you know, Jerry Jones being over the overbearing owner that he is. And then just Mike McCarthy refusing to be different. Um, it's just stuck in his old ways, which has shown that it doesn't really work without um, Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if that still, that, that lack of uh, just that stagnant type of offense rolls over, um, especially because you, you've heard Staley say, he wants to apply pressure on offenses through personnel groupings, which I think Kellen Moore does a great job of. I, I love his two back sets. I love his um, three tight ends. Tight ends, yeah. He 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 has the uh, personnel groupings down. Um, the other way Staley wants to pressure off our defenses is pace of play and motion, and all of that together will lead to explosive plays. So I wonder, I I wonder if that you know lack of explosiveness uh, might not change when, you know, you have guys like Keenan Allen and um, who is great in motion, who, who really, you, you, he really puts a lot of pressure just putting Keenan Allen in motion because he is such a great route runner. He's so great at creating separation. Um, you got a guy like Austin Eckler who can play receiver, um, can run the ball out of the backfield effectively, can catch the ball out of the backfield effectively. So I think with those type of guys, and then you got, uh, Donald Barham, who I think is a walking mismatch. He was injured this year. Um, it'll be interesting to how, how he incorporates all three of those guys and their skills um, to put pressure on defenses like Staley is looking to do this season. Now, I will say, and this is going to break Charger fans' hearts, but like he still runs the same similar kind of offense to Joe Lombardi. He really does because it's it's a lot of you know sticks, concepts, uh, lulling the defense to sleep and then taking shot plays out of it. But the thing that Moore has been able to do that Joe Lombardi never could is establish a run game. So you're establishing a run game. You're bringing the defense in. You're running those stick concepts, you know, throwing things out into the flats, running jet sweeps. You're doing all of that. You're bringing the defense in. And then that opens up those shot plays. It's, it's not like the, the Cowboys were not, you know, pushing the ball down the field, they weren't explosive because they were. C.D. Lamb was super explosive last season. He's a great young player. Um, you know, and then no, they – go ahead. No, no, I, I finish, finish whatever you're saying. What's the name of the other Cowboys wide receiver who was injured for the start of the year? Gall- Gallup. So as well. So, like, they're able to take shots, but they do it methodically by, you know, running certain plays to set up those shot plays. But when you don't have a run game, right, when the the six concepts are not working, right, that's when you run into issues. And from everything we've seen with Kellen Moore, he was able to effectively establish that run game. This, this is going to be a great offense for Isaiah Spiller because he's that guy that's going to be mm-hmm. pounding the ball in between. Joshua Kelly runs that. But the thing that I did not see out of the offense last season was the offensive line getting after it, right? Being effective in the run game, getting some push. They ran a lot of 
a lot of, you know, outside stretch zone plays. I rarely saw our guards get out into the second level, right, which hurts the overall offense at picking up chunk plays. We were not getting out there. We were running to our zones. We were blocking to our zones, but we were never getting up to the second level. When you're not getting to the second level, you're not creating those consistent five, six, seven-yard rushing attempts, right? And without the ability to do that, that's that's a huge miss for the Chargers. Yeah, and I think there's a couple interesting things that, that you pointed out. Um, first, that, that offensive line for the Chargers not being as good as it was last year. A big part of that was losing Rayshon Slater so early in the season. Um, another big part of that was Matt Filer just completely falling off the face of earth as, as a you know a competent um, tack, uh, guard in this league. And so I, I think he's gone. I think his tenure as a Charger is, is probably over after this atrocious season we just seen from. They're getting Slater back healthy. That's going to be tremendous um, asset. You you've seen this this resur- this uh, emergence of Jamari Sawyer, which is really going to be good for that run game. You also saw tri- uh, re- really really significant regression from Trey McKitty, who it was a big part of our offensive success running the football a couple seasons ago. Also, I think Donald Parham being injured, um, I think that's an underrated part of his game that we didn't really see last year. Not taking anything away from Gerald Everett. He's just not the blocker that those two guys are. Um, but really excited for the ability or the opportunity to see Kellen Moore get this uh, uh, run game going because I think it's just going to alleviate so much pressure off of Justin Herbert's shoulders, who we were literally just riding uh, all se- year last season. I mean, only 23 points a game, m- middle of the pack in the league, but Herbert had the third most um, throwing yards That's per game. Time. Yeah, two hundred. Well, and nearly 270 yards a game, the third most out of any quarterback in the league. When you compare that to our running backs who only averaged 90 yards on the ground, that's 30th, the third worst in the league. Um, And so it'll be interesting when you look at the design play calls, 68% of the Chargers plays last year were passes. Um, That's the second highest rate in the NFL. Then you look at the Cowboys who ran at about 54 and a half percent. That is, that is exactly what you want right in the middle. 50% 5% passing, 45% running, and you're running it effectively. Um, they were the, the sixth lowest throwing team in the league. I think that's going to uh, kind of go up a little bit this year when you have an arm like Herbert. But just the the commitment and the ability of establishing that run is going to be tremendous for this entire offense. It's going to alleviate pressure from the defense and, and the the special teams units when we are able to score more than 23 points per game. There's no reason why you have those offensive weapons that we're talking about. You have a generational talent like Herbert and you're scoring 23 points a game. That, that that's just can't happen, especially if we have, you know, want to live up to the expectations that this, the roster talent suggests that we could, we could. I get you. <laughs> I totally get you. And I agree. Yeah, I totally get you. So let's talk about uh, our script next season with Kellen Moore. <laughs> what do you think the NFL is writing right now for, let's just start with our offseason. What's going to be the, the big offseason shakeup in our script? Because um, that seems to be a hot topic for everybody uh, right everyone now. Everyone loves the scripts. Everyone loves the script. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't – I think the big script um, 
and this is step one. Chargers front office gets creative and fixes the cap issue without getting worse. And so w- without getting worse, I mean, Keenan Allen's not going anywhere. Um, I, I know there's a lot of talk about he, he's a big cap hit for us. There's a reason they, they, ne- they never gave Mike Williams that extension without some type of plan in place. And I think there's some gears turning behind the scenes that we as fans and, and media personnel are not taking into account. There's no way you extend Mike Williams without with this window of Justin Herbert and this win now mentality where this roster is. Um, going out and signing Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, all those guys, you're not doing that without Keenan Allen, one of the one of two remaining San Diego Chargers. I just uh, there's there's no way that we build this future Super Bowl contender without him on the roster. And I know he's getting old. He still he still can play when he's healthy. Um, and it's kind of something that we've seen consistently over his career. He, he, he deals with these injuries, and then he comes back and he has these MVP type of seasons. I'm expecting that from Keenan Allen next year, um, especially if he gets some help from the offensive line and the rest of the skilled players who are, are coming along. Um, so that's the first one. I don't know how they're going to do it because they're going to need to get super, super creative. But I, we see teams get out of these cap situations before, um, and I, I they're going to have to pull out all the stops or all the, you know, they're going to have to make some magic happen, but I, I'm expecting it to happen. And that's the first thing I need to see uh, fall in the line for us. I just don't see it happening, dude. I feel like happen. I feel like if the NFL is writing a script, they're they're sending Keenan Allen elsewhere. Yeah, they would <laughs> love that. <laughs> it's going to be a huge storyline that we need to watch. Now, Allen has said that he wants to stay a Charger. He wants to, to own records. He wants to beat out Charlie Joyner. Uh, to be on second on the all-time receiving list behind Antonio Gates. Chasing Antonio Gates is going to take him a long time. A long, long time. And I think that it hurts him being injured last year for as long as he was. It hurts him, you know, the the two or three-year kind of injury-plague seasons he had in his, you know, second to the third or fourth year. Yeah, Uh, It hurts him, right? But at the same time, we can't restructure and push his cap forward because next year he's due 26 million, not 20 million. So you can't push more into the future, especially knowing that you're going to have so much dead cap. I think what Tom Telesco needs to do, uh, if he's not going to release him and he's not going to trade him away, is I think he has to offer him a new contract. And if sure. he, if Keenan Allen really wants to retire a Charger, a Charger all time great you know, second all time in receiving yards, which he has the opportunity to do. You provide him some financial stability by giving him a multi-year contract that allows him to retire as a charger. You can do it a couple different ways. You can either offer him another contract at $20 million a year over four years, lower his cap hit in the short term, you know, give him like a a good two-year financial stability, let his roots get in a little bit thicker, uh, or you see if he's willing to take a pay cut. He's made all this money already, right? If he's willing to, to take a pay cut in the short term uh, and play out his contract and let him retire as a charger, let him continue to go out playing under Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert his entire career, which, I mean, how many wide receivers get the opportunity to do that? Look at Calvin Johnson spending his entire career oh, with man. You know, Matt Stafford when Matt Stafford was not Matt Stafford today. 
right? How many of these great wide receivers ended up playing for like horrible Andre Johnson, another guy who was stuck terrible. Allen has had the luckily the ability to play under the same two quarterbacks his entire career. So I think that's the best case scenario is you offer him a new contract, lower his cap hit, and see if he's willing to accept it. Otherwise, you let him know, like, we can't have you at this price tag. We can't push any of your money forward because we will have to cut you next season. You can't play under the current contract, and I think that's the most likely scenario if you're not going to cut him. Yeah, no, I, I like it, and it, it all kind of, you know, puts it into Keenan Allen. It, it, it's all in kind of in Keenan Allen's hands. Um, it, it really kind of depends on, you know, how how much is what he's saying uh, factual, and then how much does he actually believe what he's saying. Um, you know, as a fan of his, as a fan of this team, I, I'd like to believe him, um, and I, I'd love to get that contract restructured because. Herbert is due for a record-breaking contract here soon, and I would like that to happen sooner rather than later because you got guys like Jalen Hurts, um, Lamar Jackson, all these young, great quarterbacks due for new contracts, and, and it's just the the kind of it, it. It's just the nature of the sport. It's nature of sports in general that every new contract is going to be a record breaker, especially when you're talking about talents like those guys I just mentioned. Um, the sooner we get that done for Justin Herbert, because we, we he's staying. There's no way you let a guy like that leave. Um, it's just a matter about when. Um, and if the sooner you can do that, the, the lower that that's the lower price tag that's going to be because it's it just guys just leapfrog each other's contracts. So you don't want to be in the end of that line. And then, actually, and I'm glad you brought up Justin Herbert's contract. I wrote an article on our website that gave you a, an inside look of what Justin Herbert's contract could look like. And there's no reason for Justin Herbert not to sign a long-term contract with the Chargers. He can't play any closer to home, right? Where is he going to go? Seattle? Is he going to go to – I mean, he's still the same plane ride away, Right. He has the biggest market he's ever going to be in outside of maybe New York. Being in Los Angeles is super good for his brand. And I know he's not a big brandy type of guy, but it's money, right? And so he's going to make a lot more money staying in California. You can talk all you want about the, the, the income tax being super high for whatever it is, but he's on the West Coast and he's as close to home as he possibly can be. The flight difference from San Francisco or Seattle to Eugene, Oregon versus Los Angeles, minimal, right? You're talking about an extra 45 minutes on an airplane if he so chooses. He has no reason not to sign a 10-year contract. One of the biggest draws for any quarterback, any team, anywhere is having a say-so in your coaching staff, in the hirings, and even personnel, right? He's got full reign to do whatever he wants. This is a big issue with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers saying he had no intel on who they were going to hire. He was in a decision-making process. Justin Herbert, anything that he wants, he can go out and get. Awesome for him. He's got so much opportunity here. And I think it's best for the team and for him to go and sign a 10-year contract. Only six players in the history of the National Football League, have ever signed 10-year-plus contracts. Donovan McNabb, 
Brett Favre, uh, I think it was not Randall Cunningham, uh, Dante Culpepper, uh, Michael Vick, um, Patrick Mahomes, and there's probably one more that I'm missing, right? Uh, only one has been done since 2010. So he's he's in an elite category. He's going to average at least $50 million a year. The more guarantees, the less average annual salary. You if, if you are going to offer him $45 million a year at 100% salary, why would you not take that over $55 million with only 65% of it guaranteed? And NFL contracts are starting to move into more and more guarantees. He has no reason not to sign a 10-year contract with the Chargers. He's going to make a shitload of money. I don't typically cuss on the podcast, but there's no other way to say that. He's going to make a boatload of money. And he's going to have whatever say-so he wants. If he wants to go and recruit a specific player, the Chargers are going to go out and try to attempt to go and sign that guy. The longer it is, the more ability that the Chargers have to move money into future years and be able to win now. Our window is wide open. It looks like our salary cap is terrible. We're in minus $20 million, But we have so much ability to move cap into the future. We're still going to be very active in free agency. I'm, I'm on a real high horse right now. We are going to have a very, very active free agency because we're going to clear a ton of cap space. We're going to restructure Joey Bosa. We're going to restructure JC Jackson. We're going to restructure potentially kill Khalil Mack. Um, yeah. Talk about Keenan Allen, you know, saving 15 mil against the cap. We could also offer a new contract, right? There is a ton of opportunity for us to clear cap space and have 20 to 30 million once we go into uh, free agency March 15th. Yeah, no, and, and you see it happen every year, and you're just like, oh, yeah, this team's in, in, in cap trouble, and all of a sudden um, they restructured three huge deals. They don't get better, they or they don't get worse. They actually save some money and add to that team. It, the, the, win, the window to win is, is now, um, and, and Justin Herbert is going to play his entire career as a Los Angeles Charger. It's going to happen. We're talking about scripts. This is his own manifest destiny. This is a guy who, seven years old, eight years old, before the the Chargers were even thinking about moving, uh, wrote that he is going to play as the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. He wrote his own script. It's going to happen. Make it happen, Telesco. Um, I'm excited because I, I'm all. I you, you got me motivated, and we have nobody to root for really um, on on Sunday. So um, that's what I'm rooting for. Game scripts out the window. It's time for the Chargers to compete. And um, I couldn't be more excited for what's on the horizon for this team. And if the script is real, how does Justin Herbert not make an MVP at some point in his career? If the script is real, how does the guy who led the league? Yeah, now I'm heated. If the script (laughs) is real, how does the guy who leads the league in touchdowns back-to-back years at 18 touchdowns a game for two seasons not get into the Pro Bowl? Come on. The Pro Bowl is a joke. I'm boycotting the Pro Bowl until Austin Eckler gets in because he deserves it. And he's probably going to be in, voted in as an all-pro because he's absolutely amazing. Um, 18 touchdowns, two years? Get, get out of here. <laughs> and, you know, nobody is going to be able to make him 
have that type of season like Kellen Moore. There's so much yeah. good to talk about right now. I know the season's over. I know the Chargers are not in the Super Bowl. Excited. But the future is actually bright. You just take the blinders off and not look at the salary cap being under $20 million, right? Like, if you take out that, we got rid of Joe Lombardi. That was the biggest issue on the offensive side of the ball. Injuries aside, that was the biggest issue was Joe Lombardi's play calling, his inability to establish the run, and Austin Eckler is going to go for over 1,000 yards for the first time in his career next season. That's in the script. I read it. I saw it. I wrote it myself. I put it in there. I slipped it in without anybody knowing. Austin Eckler goes for over 1,000. That is going to happen. He's going to get more opportunity as a true running back. It's not going to take away from the fact that he's going to still be used as a threat as a wide receiver. By the way, also going for um, uh, over 1,000 yards receiving last year, didn't he? Um, the, I, two years ago, what he, were we he, talking about? <laughs> how Austin Eckler is amazing. Also, <laughs> I've read a oh, 100 it. catches. It was 100 catches, not oh, 100,000 yeah. yards. Yeah, no, he he's great. And I think, um, you know, this is the, the time of year where, you know, draft crushes um, come out and people, Charger fans love that running back from Texas. Bijan Robinson. He's not coming. Um, you have a really, really good dynamic backfield right now, especially if, if, if Spiller can recover from those injuries and continue to take strides. That one-two punch right now of Eckler and Josh Kelly, that's solid. You got another guy in Spiller up and coming who you drafted for a reason. This guy can run the rock. He was just a little banged up. And uh, Staley takes his time with, with his rookies. And so... And he was buried in the depth chart. You had Sony Michelle there as well. Joshua yeah, Kelly was looking good for bits and pieces there. Isaiah Spiller is going to have that year next year. He's going to get a lot more opportunities. Only 20 years old last year. He's going to be 21. I mean, <laughs> if anything, you're just trying to develop his skill set. So you, if he has – like one of the issues that might have hurt Joshua Kelly in his rookie season – was he was thrust into a role way too early. Way too and early. you've already talked about his confidence. He was constantly talking. He was thinking too much, his confidence. But his first two games, he was running the ball really, really hard. He had the one fumble, and then he had another one right after that, and it totally yacked him out of his zone. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I really like the guy. I mean, I've been high on him his entire career. Um, I thought he kind of got unthrust uh, or unfairly thrusted into a bigger role than he was ready for. Um, but now you got so much, you, you got a lot of uh, guys who can carry the ball for you who, who deserve 10, 15 touches. And that's a good, that's a good position to be in, especially when you got a guy coming over and Kellen Moore, who really just scheme wise created Tony Pollard who's on nobody's radar, right? An undrafted guy um, and most like fantasy leagues out touching and outperforming Zeke, who's goes consistently in, in the first round in fantasy drafts. Uh, bring that over and have just a little bit of that effect on Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. And we're going to be dynamic. I said this probably last year, um, but, but I, I'm more excited because we got a capable guy um, at, at the coordinator position. And um, I'm, I'm excited, man. And then just kind of touching on some some final things, Kellen Moore more than likely is going to be bringing over some free agents yeah, from up. the Cowboys. One of those guys is Tony Pollard, who just came off a pretty yeah. bad knee injury. Yeah. Um, 
You also have Cooper Rush. The Chargers don't have a backup quarterback right now. And who knows the system? That makes a lot of sense. Dalton Schultz. There's been talk that Gerald Everett's going to be a cut candidate. Who knows if Dalton Schultz is on his way over. They also have some offensive linemen from over there. Somebody's coming over from the Cowboys. It's just, it's going to happen. I don't know who's going to be. Pollard's probably going to be a little too expensive. So is Dalton Schultz. But you might be able to get a couple guys in here. Uh, uh, Sewell, what was his name? Noah Brown is a free agent. Mm. Um, there's some guys that could come over from the Cowboys that could help make this team better. Um the last thing I want to talk about, uh, the website. There's a ton of articles right now. I just dropped two articles about yeah. impending offensive and defensive free agents. We're going to be talking about the NFL draft here really soon. If you want to get a chance, um, Zach, to pull up the outro if you don't already have that ready. But um, there's a lot going on with Shock Therapy, and I cannot wait to get in some draft content, talk about some uh, free agents that the Chargers could target. Uh, there's a lot of football to talk about. Uh, Hugh Darvish was just signed to a six-year deal by the Padres. Padres yeah. got better this year than they were Great last signing. year. And that is scary because they almost made it all the way. So baseball is right around the corner. The The Padres just had um, uh, like a fan fest. Fan fest. And that was Cool. I didn't get to go, but I saw pictures. Yeah, the pictures, the videos coming out of Petco, um, absolutely electric. You're, you're getting Tatis back in this lineup. Um, I, I really think that you that you Darvish extension is really going to free up some money for them to um, to extend Manny Machado and Juan Soto. It really looks like the Padres have no interest in being a one-and-done type of team. They look like they're building a core, um, and it's a strong core. I'm excited. Keep in tune, tuning in to Shock Therapy each and every week. Yes, it is the off season, but we're going to be rolling out some great content for you. Check out that website. Tyler's been doing a great job. Um, I know his his uh, laptop's in the shop, but um, also be on the lookout for that Shock Therapy magazine, which is just around the corner to uh, be released. And we'll get the you. correct we'll get the correct um, intro next time too. Was it, did I not get the right intro? No, the intro got changed, but it's not on this one because we're on a oh. different uh, platform. But thank you guys so much for listening. I got to go. We'll talk to you guys later. We're out. Bye. I'll talk to you later, Zach. I gotta go. Cool. Um, you need anything from me? I don't really know where to put this. Can up. you upload this? Yeah, just to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. All right. See ya.